Hi, I'm Victor Miller. I wrote Friday the 13th, and you're listening to Genretainment. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Genretainment over here at SciFiPulseRadio.com. I'm your co-host, Marks, and if you're new to the show, Genretainment is where we talk about what is happening in the world of film, TV, and web series. This is where we give you interviews with writers, directors, producers, and actors in both independent and not-so-independent creations. And for today's show, we're chatting with Jason Fisher, executive producer and COO of Frostbite Pictures, a company that's brought us such high-quality web series as Divine and After, with many more in development. Now, Fisher is also production coordinator for one of our favorite shows, CW's Supernatural. So he's not just an experienced web series creator, but also very experienced in traditional TV and film. So we're very excited to have him take a break in his very busy schedule to speak with us. Now, before we get started with that interview, I do have a few things I'd like to point out. First off, we hope everyone had a great Halloween. (laughs) Our Halloween episode from last year actually saw a huge spike in downloads, so it looks like many of our listeners were definitely in a Halloween mood. So be sure to check out that episode if you haven't already. Uh, We have some great guests that join us, and we talk about horror films, the horror genre. It's it's a really good, really in-depth discussion. And I think next year, we'll be sure to do a, a new Halloween episode for everyone. I think you definitely voted that you really want those so so we'll we'll make it happen i also want to thank everyone who's already bought a copy of my new book television on the wild wild web and how to blaze your own trail i'm very excited about the positive response it's received now if you're even thinking about making a web series or perhaps interested in learning more about social media marketing or crowdfunding then i would really suggest getting a copy i worked really really hard to make a book not only packed with much needed information about web series creation but also I hope also a very easy and entertaining read. If you're interested in that book, just click on over to Amazon or the publisher's website, mwp.com, to buy a copy. And not only would it be a big help to me and hopefully you in creating your series, but will show some support for this very podcast you're listening to right now. Now, the last thing I want to mention before we start the interview, since we're talking about web series this episode, I would suggest you check out our last episode, which not only had author Lori Shear discussing her new book, The Writer's Advantage, a toolkit for mastering your genre. We also spoke to a number of web series creators at Miami Web Fest. Had a great time at the festival, met some really great web series creators from around the world. And if after this episode you want to discover more web series, I would suggest listening to that episode as a good starting point and kind of working your way backwards through our archives to find more. Oh, I almost forgot. There's actually one more, one more last thing I need to say. We do want to point out that the music you just heard at the beginning of the show was a snippet from the theme song for our web series, Reality on Demand. That's a song composed and performed by our friend Tishon Hardy. And you can find that web series at realityondemandseries.com. Now let's get started with our interview with Jason Fisher. Well, welcome to the show, Jason. Thank you very much for having me. And um, we know not only are you the COO of Frostbite Pictures, but you are also the production coordinator for one of our favorite shows, Supernatural. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about what you do on Supernatural, what your job is, and also about what got you started in filmmaking? Sure, absolutely. So um, I'm the production coordinator, so I manage the, the production office, the hub, if you will. It's an interesting job to kind of quantify, but essentially we try to organize and control the chaos a little bit. Um, (laughs) Most phone calls, uh, the gear being booked, immigration, travel, accommodations, call sheets, making sure the crew arrive you know, at the, at the right destination at the right time. So a lot of the logistical concerns of a large episodic series, at least the information component flows through the production office. And then we sort of organize and quantify the information, get the, all the different departments, the information they need moving forward. And, um, yeah, it's more, uh, you juggle 40 balls at one time and try not to make sure that any drop. <laughs> well, that's really great training then for just about anything you'd want to do in filmmaking, I would imagine. If you can <laughs> handle that, you can handle anything. <laughs> you got it. At least I think so anyway. <laughs> now, how did you get started in filmmaking? Was it something you always wanted to do? Were you always interested in sort of that production side of it? Or can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Like I, I think for myself growing up, I've always had a very strong interest in film. 
Uh, I grew up, my dad was a heavy duty mechanic, so I grew up in small uh, northern coal mining towns where there wasn't really much of a, uh, let's call it a creative film outlet. So I kind of got out of the uh, small towns shortly after I graduated high school, Mm -hmm. came down to the city and went into uh, university quite quickly for for film. I kind of did a uh, was doing a double major in psych and philosophy at Simon Fraser as well, and um, my daughter came along, kind of happily unannounced in my third year of university, and <laughs> I jumped right into film basically uh, just because I had to. Yeah, it's been a, an amazing experience. I started in locations, and have kind of jumped around to a different couple different positions and um, yeah, I ended up in the production office shortly thereafter and it was just a, a perfect fit for uh, my personality and my skill set and I've been there ever since. Yeah, I mean, you've been in production side for shows that some of our listeners might have heard of like yeah. uh, like Special Unit 2 and John yep. Doe, mm-hmm. yeah. White Noise 2, the movie, yeah. the, uh, yeah. White Noise 2, The Light, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we were looking at your oh, your resume the there, and we class. went. Oh, we we know we know all this stuff. Cool. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm I'm glad somebody was watching them. That's great. <laughs> well, John Doe was a pretty big show. It was a big show. I don't know if Special Unit Two was a big show, but it was it was a quirky, fun show. It, it was it in was. our circles. So. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm glad you guys know of it. Actually, there's a lot of people I don't think that ever saw it. So. <laughs> well, it was. Because it was UPN, wasn't it? So I think it was. Yeah, it was one of the smaller networks back in the day, for sure. I think that was back in the day of the big antenna on the side of my house. So a lot of those, <laughs> a lot of those shows were kind of fuzzy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't but think a lot. Could of still the... watch them. You know? Oh, cool! Very cool. How did you go from doing all that to now more independent work with Frostbite Pictures? I've always had a uh, an interest in independent film and sort of the the creative and the production side sort of melding and um, you know obviously we have different positions in sort of the larger episodic series um, you know different different work structures for sure so I went out actually and I've been shooting you know documentaries I've shot in a bunch of short films and I won a uh, what's called a Kickstarter grant up here with the Directors Guild of Canada. I was very fortunate to um, be granted $20,000 and a bunch of free post-production. And I shot a short film uh, called Le Premier Etoile. And I took that out and the VisFX supervisor at Supernatural at the time was Ivan Hayden. And kind of a weird story, but I needed um, VisFX pucks, hockey pucks. Basically, there was a sequence where... We were uh, taking slap shots at a bunch of businessmen in a corporate boardroom as part of the short <laughs> film. And, of course, you, you, there's only that so many times. That should be an Olympic sport. Sorry. <laughs> would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> I would tune into that yeah, one. <laughs> absolutely. So long story short, we couldn't slap too many pucks at the actors that were involved in the short film. They were very gracious to allow me to do it with a few of them. Um, so I took the short film down to Ivan and VisFX and showed it to him and, and sort of asked if he would be interested in helping out with the VisFX components. He did. We had an amazing experience, developed a friendship, you know, through the short and through the series. Um, and actually, Ivan came to me with some scripts for Divine the series and asked me if I'd read them and if I'd be interested in potentially producing. I read them, fell in love with the idea, and um, shortly thereafter we were uh, very quickly in pre-production for uh, our first web series, uh, Divine. Now for our listeners that aren't familiar with Divine, can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So Divine, basically, the story revolves around three immortal beings that have been sort of in a philosophical and religious struggle for the past few hundred years. It's got a very, very strong religious component, and there's supernatural beings in it. And basically what we did is we sort of looked, and obviously both of us had been working in traditional film and television for you know quite a few years, We kind of looked and we said, okay, well, what do we want to do with this? Do we want to make a television pilot? Do we want to make a feature film? 
and we sort of weighed our options and I can't remember whose idea it was initially, but we sort of just dabbled with the idea of doing a web series. And, you know, honestly, sort of four or five years ago, there wasn't really a lot of people doing it. So we took the time and we did the research and we thought, you know, this is something actually that we could look at and really, really make a splash in this market. And I think we could, you know, really take our training in traditional film and television and sort of, you know, really, really do something that um, really shone in the market. And our goal was potentially to, you know, at least at that time frame, to show people what a web series really truly could be in terms of production value and um, unionized cast. Like, um, and we had a bit of a budget that basically we could put some dollars and cents behind the project. And we were very blessed that um, it all worked out very, very well for us. We shot Divine. We released it online. We did very, very well with it on the festival circuit. And we got picked up by a large uh, talent agency down in Los Angeles. And sort of through, through that, and just going out on the festival circuit, we realized there was a really big demand. Uh, there was a lot of very, very talented filmmakers making web series out there that maybe didn't have the same level of production or post knowledge that we have and definitely didn't sort of have the connections or the business knowledge for the back end for sort of distribution, sales and promotion for the, uh, for the web series that they were producing. So we talked about that after we did Divine. Uh, we shot another project called After the Series and sort of very fluidly formed uh, by Pictures, which is a sort of the first uh, studio that was focusing entirely on online content. Kind of a long-winded story. I <laughs> no, I that, it is so much easier just to listen to you tell the story than it is to oh. try to pull it out of you. It's great. Thank oh, you. Right, right. And uh, if fans of Supernatural are listening... You know, Misha Collins I from did. Supernatural is in Divine. Yeah. There's my experience yes. in Divine. So. Yes, did a phenomenal job. We were very, very blessed with our cast with Divine. Absolutely. Dan Payne. Yeah. Yeah, he, you guys go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, he seems like, uh, Misha Collins seems like he'd be good to work with. <laughs> oh, he's amazing to work with. He's, he's such a good guy. Um, you know, very, very fun and friendly with the with the crew. And, you know, we obviously didn't have the same sort of budget parameters that, uh, you know, that a cast member like Misha is used to. There was no large trailers on Divine, uh, stuff <laughs> like this. And he was a real trooper and just, a, you know, a gentleman throughout the entire process. So I, I can't speak highly enough about Misha for sure. Great. And then I believe after has Robert Dunn in it too. Some people might know from a web series turned TV series yeah. Sanctuary, and yeah. it was recently on Defiance. Mm -hmm. So, absolutely. What's After about? Yeah, uh, After is another cool sort of uh, sci-fi thriller horror concept. So basically, the general idea is it's the afterlife. But basically, the general gist is it's the afterlife, and it's nothing like we imagined. Either it's not heaven for sure, it's not hell for sure. It's it's sort of a a purgatory, if you will. It's a dilapidated city. And what happens in the pilot episode is uh, Robin Dunn, as you said, from Sanctuary and some other great series, who was also an absolute gentleman when he came out and shot with us. He gets killed in the pilot episode, actually in the first few sequences of the, uh, of the pilot. And he literally wakes up in um, his apartment, although all the furniture has gone. It's very, very decrepit and the viewer gets to experience what sort of, if you will, being born or being transferred to the after, after you, you, know, you die in the real world here, uh, what that's like. Of course, with Ivan's VisFX background, we had some cool race. We did some very cool VisFX plate shots for the, uh, what the after would look like. Um, and basically, it was a three-part pilot program that we rolled out and again, it did very, very well for us on the festival circuit, and it's currently being reworked, and we're going to be rolling it out, hopefully, for a television pickup. Oh, great. Yeah. So, fingers crossed on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Well, thank you. So, Divine and After both have a lot of spiritual elements yes, to them. I like that. Is that something that you're personally drawn to, or is it just a coincidence that these well, two... Well, he did study philosophy. So. Oh, that's right. Psychology <laughs> and philosophy, yeah. Mark studied yeah, I, psychology as well. So. Oh, fantastic. All right. We can, <laughs> we can both take turns on the couch together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, definitely, I'm attracted to that subject matter. Kirk and Ivan were the fantastic writers for Divine. Uh, I definitely came in on the production side, and Ivan uh, wrote and directed after. But it's definitely subject matter that I'm very interested in. I find that I kind of gravitate towards these kind of productions, both you know, in sort of my choice for producing them, uh, and also in just my general viewing as well. Supernatural, you know, and and these kind of shows would be shows that I would watch regardless of working on them or not. So. And, of course, Supernatural has quite a bit. Yeah. Of, of angels and demons and all right, that. By the time so. they have angels and demons and a war and an apocalypse, I'm thinking they explore <laughs> the uh, spiritual aspect of humanity. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, there's a number of other digital web series, digital series, web series, that uh, Frostbite Pictures is tied to. I don't know what is what you've developed, what is that you've kind of acquired or how that works, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I've seen, like, there's... Uh, Lab Rats. Lab Rats, Under the Hood, mm-hmm. Polaris... Uh, I know I recently heard about the two that I know were yeah. around but first were like Chopsaki Boom and, and Super, Super Geek Dub. Yeah, we, we, we know mm-hmm. people involved in that already. So. Oh, very cool. Yeah, we've got other amazing productions, Eternus, Last Fall of Ashes. I mean, we've been we've been absolutely blessed, to be quite honest. And I, and I think um, part of what has made us so successful as a studio is individuals you know especially other filmmakers really appreciate that that's our background as well so a lot of the same things that i mean they're being they they have or are currently struggling with as content creators for for new media we've been there you know what i mean we we've produced our own shows uh from the ground up um in some of the different projects we've got involved either you know right from the get-go um, you know, we've looked at last fall would be a great example of a production. Uh, Aaron Winteringham is a very uh, talented up and coming writer director had shot about say 30, 40 minutes of a trailer for a feature film that he was developing and, um, got in touch with me and, and, uh, kicked me a DVD. And I looked at the footage and went, wow, you know, th- there's, there's really some good material in here. So I got in touch with him, for example, we attached uh, some producers and some writers to help him out as well in terms of just restructuring the concept and went out and shot some additional linking scenes and some supplemental footage over a sort of about a two-month span. Mm-hmm. And yeah, restructured the project. And he did exceedingly well. I think he picked up LA WebFest. He picked up every award that was available down there for him um, when we took Last Fall down. Um, so we've been very very blessed in that a lot of the filmmakers that we've had the distinct privilege of working with really appreciate what we bring to the table and uh we very much are in awe of the individuals that we've you know we've had the honor of working with um, some very very talented filmmakers and are quite excited to be continuing on with them now what what is your role then with chop Saki boom and super geeked up are you coming in and helping just with the production side of things or uh, we're basically Chop Saki Boom finished their first season. I think they're just in the process of releasing their last few episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually just went down to Seattle this past weekend, and we did about a five-hour workshop with uh, with Darlene and Heath, the creators, uh, who are amazing individuals. So part of that was, you know, talking about what they felt were, um, you know, some of the really good things from their first season, some of the challenges that they had experienced. You know, some of the resources as Frostbite we can bring in is, is you know, our production experience. And we, you know, we do have highly skilled individuals in a lot of different categories. So it was working with Darlene and Heath, for example, about what their goals were for season two, how we could sort of structure that and work to achieve those. And then, you know, also find some distribution resources for them to, you know, grow their network of fans, to try and get some financing in place for them for season two, and really, again, just to move the show up uh, production value-wise. Um, you know, we have the ability to shoot, you know, on Reds and Alexas and stuff like that and have some exceedingly talented crew here in Vancouver. So, you know, part of the discussions with with CSB basically was, would we shoot in Seattle for season two? Would we, you know, look at bringing the cast up to Vancouver and wrap a production team around them? But just working with the filmmakers generally in terms of, you know, what their goals are for their individual series and how Frostbite as a studio can come in and help them help them achieve those goals moving forward with their projects as well. So I don't know if you know, but I wrote a book 
about web series. I know you I wrote did. a book about web series. Okay. Oh, he, he did too. <laughs> I did. Yeah, Jeff let me know, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Jeff wrote the foreword for it. Oh, yes, he did. So, mm-hmm. so I'm curious. I mean, the biggest challenge mm-hmm. that web series usually face is trying to, to make, to monetize it, to try to, to yes. find a way to fund it. Yes. Uh, you know, what kind of approaches are you are you trying with the, the different projects you have? Yeah, and I imagine it's different when you're working with the the ones, the American, like Chopsaki Boom and Super, yeah. Super Geeked Up, because we don't have a lot of the revenue sources from, you know, like government and grants and things that I know exist up in Canada. So Yeah, it's it's true. It's it's It was interesting part of our discussion on the weekend was, um, I mean, it, it definitely sounds like there's arts funding resources um, in certain areas of the states for sure. But I, I don't think it's, you know, at least to my knowledge at this level, it's not as... Um, as easy, I, I guess, as, as some of the financing that's in place in Canada. Um, we do have some wonderful resources that are just coming into place, especially for, for new media. It's been, you know, in my opinion, a long time coming. Um, but it is nice to have some of those funding avenues finally become available for new media in the same way that they're available for television and feature film projects. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely it's, it's a, it's almost a very unique system. I would say like, there's certainly some similarities between certain genre style shows. Um, but it, it's definitely a very unique concept, I would say on the sales and distribution and monetization side, depending on, uh, the genre, depending on the size, uh, you know, the style of the series, mm-hmm. um, I mean, some of the bigger studios, of course, are are looking for the big three. They're looking for named directors, named writers, and named cast. Mm. Um, and that does take a lot of what I would say more of the independent style um, web series, a little bit out of the mix for a bigger studio pickup. You can certainly take a web series in and pitch the idea conceptually. Um, and we, we certainly have taken some shows out and done that. Uh, but it is a much harder sell um, just with the sheer volume of content that's honestly being put out online, curse for sure. And um, there's a lot of shows I would say that get lost in the shuffle. I mean, I can t- I can certainly talk about the monetization points a little bit more if you're if you're interested in those. Yeah, I'm just you know you don't have to give away any secrets, but <laughs> but uh, but just a general like. I, I, it sounds like at least with after you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you've used that as a way to create interest to then generate a pilot and hopefully a TV pickup. I'm assuming yes. in Canada, um, or maybe not. Maybe it's in the U.S. also. Or yeah, it would definitely be U.S. We're looking at it. It's 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 the bigger market for sure. We wouldn't necessarily be opposed in any way to a Canadian pickup, but mm-hmm. just with the population base being so different, of course, between the U.S. and Canada, the the bigger market still is very much the United States for sure. So I'm curious what, you know, like with Divine, are you, do you have any future plans with it? Uh, what with some of the other projects? What approaches are you taking? Are some of them going to morph into movies? You know, just, just kind of curious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've actually licensed both Divine and Lab Rats out to a French television station that's doing a, um, an online portal, if you will. And they're taking their first sort of dabble into uh, web series. Uh, so we're very much looking forward to the release of those, which should be in the next few months. And you'll definitely watch the Frostbite social media and you'll see us uh, tweeting and Facebooking and you name it to be uh, helping push views in that general direction. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, definitely on the sort of the monetization side, there's there's a number of really exciting things that are starting to happen in new media. And you know, if you look at the big picture, you're seeing, you know, it, it really sort of, I think, was freaking a lot of producers out initially that TV revenue is continually, you know, going down in, in a very, very large fashion year to year. And there was a lot of concern that those dollars and cents just weren't going into entertainment anymore. And and at least from a lot of the literature that I'm reading, that that's not the case at all. It's just the advertisers are spending the same amount of money they're just transferring a lot of those dollars over to digital medium now, which is great news for web series creators. It's going to get more and more challenging in this market um, as we move forward. And I think, you know, if you go to the festivals, um, which we do consistently every year, we try to attend as many as we possibly can. 
there has been a huge increase in the style and I would say the um, professionalism and the production values. Uh, you know, just in the last four years alone, the market has jumped so, so dramatically. Um, and you can take a look at um, just stuff like the New Fronts, for example, and just see some of the big companies that are actually starting to play in this market. So it's going to be interesting in that, that I think it's going to be a little more challenging as we move forward as independent film creators and as, as sort of independent studios to keep up with the big boys a little bit that have, you know, multi-million dollar budgets. Um, but I think we're, you know, for Frostbite generally and for the filmmakers that we're dealing with, I think we're very, very well situated to have distribution models that work at a variety of levels, depending on the style of show that, um, that we're working with. I don't know if I know what Lab Rats is about, actually. Um, mm -hmm. Or do I? I it's know. probably about Lab Rats of some sort. <laughs> uh, you're, not, you're not wrong. Because I was about to say, everything you've done, it looks like you're hitting the sci-fi horror uh, market primarily with your stuff. But then I was like, I don't know what Lab Rats this is about. This is, so they've ask. got a hidden camera and they film rats in mazes 24-7. Oh, and then they do voiceovers. Am I wrong? <laughs> you're a little wrong. But, uh, you know, but it's a not... cool idea, isn't it? Absolutely. I would definitely watch that for sure. <laughs> it would be like... Um, Oh, what was that one, like, prairie dog one? Uh, Mer, um, Meerkat Manor, yeah. but, like, with voiceovers. <laughs> oh, very cool. I think I actually caught a little bit of that, actually, one day. But um, well, well, one of our cats used to watch it, but the, she seriously would, would set a stool in the middle of the living room, and we'd turn it on, and she'd watch it. And when it would go to commercial, she'd go up to the TV and pat it, like, where'd they go? <laughs> and uh, But then it started getting really dark, and they, like, started dying, and then my cat started, like, carrying us so we had to cut her off it was too depressing. oh that's hilarious yeah, yeah it was, your, cat, your cat's addicted to the show she was addicted to meerkat manor so <laughs> and she knew what time of day and ever you know what time of and what day it came on and was ready that's hilarious <laughs> wow there's probably a market right there yeah cat tv, cat TV. absolutely um yeah lab rats basically is i'd call it a sci-fi comedy sam washington directed it a uh, very talented commercial director uh, uh working in the uk uh and basically the idea is it's an experiment taking place at a university uh, between two professors and they're exploring the idea of love. One of them is, uh, and the funny part, and I'll, I'll reveal a little bit, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler, but uh, the two professors uh, were married and are now divorced. So the gentleman professor thinks that love is just a chemical reaction and that he can um, essentially design an experiment and have two people fall in love. Uh, and he can create, he yes, and uh, his ex-wife, does not believe so. So it's this interesting battle back and forth with um, two university students as they participate in this in this experiment. So hence hence the lab rats. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm cool. gonna have to go watch that one. Yeah, it's very very well done. <laughs> you may hate me for asking this, but, mm. <laughs> but uh, oh, do ask then. Yeah. I want so, to know. So since you're getting you're getting projects from other people that you're working with. Yes. You know, uh, so if someone wanted to submit a project, do you yes. have a way to do that or they have to kind of know somebody knows somebody? <laughs> no, we absolutely have a way to do that. Um, and actually, we've, we've spent the last uh, few weeks just sort of fine tuning the, um, what would I call it, the content acquisition side of the company. Um, so, yeah, if they just go to frostbitepictures.com. You can go to the contact section. There's sort of a little pre-built area where you can, you know, input your contact details and someone from our company, uh, either Kirk or Dylan currently are handling that, will happily get back to you. They'll have you fill out a little form just saying you won't sue us if we take a look at your idea. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, basically we have a team that um, team of readers, a team of watchers, let's call them, because we basically have material that's submitted that's already been shot, of course. Mm -hmm. And um, they make recommendations to us in terms of the stuff that we should look at. Uh, obviously, we have goals for our slate programming as well. Um, you know, we have certain, certain shows in sci-fi that we're interested in, certain shows in comedy. Uh, we definitely have expanded to a variety of other genres. You definitely mentioned that 
you know, we're on the horror and the sci-fi side, and that's, you know, two areas that we felt we could do really, really well and have in. And, um, yeah, we've sort of reached on into comedy now. We're looking at some more dramas. Um, so definitely we are uh, actively seeking content for sure. And is, is it content like, for example, Chop Psyche Boom, where they already shot a season, uh, or is it – uh, or are you looking for stuff in earlier development like or mix? Picture. Uh, we are looking for all of it. So um, the best bet, of course, if you have, uh, I would say, shot something, um, is to contact us, I would say, prior to release. It's so much easier for us. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the larger studios, if, if your content has already been released, will not be interested mm -hmm. uh, just because they would like to brand it, of course, and have it come out as a studio production. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not necessarily saying that there aren't other distribution methods for shows that are out. Obviously, Chop Saki Boom has been out for some time, as has you know SGU and some of the other shows, and there's definitely some distribution uh, avenues for those shows as well. But in a perfect world, yeah, the earlier in the conception stage that, uh, that Frostbite could get involved, the better for sure. Okay, makes sense. Cool. Okay, so listeners out there, <laughs> aspiring filmmakers. <laughs> Absolutely, submit away. Great. Um, okay, so is there any other projects in the works that uh, that we haven't already talked that about? That you are just chomping at the bit to share with us. Yeah. Absolutely. We're, uh, we're gearing up for a horror web series with a very talented uh, up-and-coming director. Uh, I'm going to butcher his last name though hold on Aaron Carruth um, he, we're working on a project called Stricken and that's going to be shooting mid-October uh, the Eternus gang is going to be shooting a new concept trailer with us uh, hopefully probably mid-November the Under the HUD gang has a concept we're going to be shooting a new trailer for that um, we should have I would say probably yeah four to five trailers we're shooting a great project uh, out in Toronto, another one with Robin Dunn and another up-and-coming and talented director called Dead of Winter. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're very busy at Frostbite, and, uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> you sound very busy. Yes, yes and it's, it's a good busy. Yeah, you're doing, you're doing all this on top of uh, you know, super, your supernatural work. Which I job. imagine is a pretty intense day job. Yes, it, it can be quite challenging day. Some days are a little crazy, some days are a little calmer, but uh, generally there's not a lot of downtime, that's for sure. So most of the independent stuff we're doing uh, evenings and weekends, um, rarely a dull moment. I, when I came back from my Seattle trip, uh, I was in the car for about you know two hours getting through the Canadian border and actually had a very a nice long conversation with, uh, with Jeff Burns from SGU. I was talking with Carter Mason from JTS-TV. Um, so there's yeah very very little downtime for sure. Yeah, you can but, use that time waiting in line at the border. To, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I to just, have a, a meeting. You got it. I had to hang up as soon as I hit the immigration desk, so I didn't get the rubber glove treatment. But other oh, than yeah. that, <laughs> you know, I went to film school in Vancouver, and and at the time, Supernatural or excuse me, Sanctuary is being made, and yeah. uh, then I interviewed Damon Kindler, who's the mm -hmm. producer or creator mm -hmm. of that show. So, and, and of course, Rob, like we said earlier, Robert Dunn was in that show. Yep. Um, so I'm curious, in Vancouver at that time, there wasn't that many web series, Sanctuary being a, an obvious uh, exception. Yeah, he was really excited. He comes back and goes, there's a neat thing. It's this web series, yeah. Sanctuary. It's so <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Absolutely. Um, so now I know in Toronto area, web series, there's tons of web series creators right now making stuff mm -hmm. there over the place. I'm wondering how, how it is in Vancouver right now. Uh, you know, outside of Frostbite, is there, is there any other web series people? Has it really caught on in the Vancouver area very much yet? It really has. Like I, like I would say a lot of the times there's a bit of a joke when we go down to uh, the festival circuit specifically that, you know, oh shit, here comes the Canadian contingent a little bit, right? <laughs> um, it's a good problem to have if you're living in Canada, that's for sure. But th there are some absolutely phenomenal talents in Vancouver too. Um Hitman 101 was done a couple of years ago with uh, with Scott Staven, um, Actress Diaries. Um, oh, I'm going to forget a whole bunch. We actually just picked up Fools for Hire. Um, you know, those guys have done a phenomenal job. 
there's just so many, I think, talented filmmakers here because of the, uh, the larger film community. And a lot of people, I think, uh, that weren't really considering online content as a viable resource uh, definitely, you know, was was the way I would say. There was only, other than Sanctuary, there was a project called Reese that uh, Ryan Koppel and mm-hmm. Kalina Kiff did yeah. uh, that was exceedingly well done. Um, and I would say they were probably, I don't, I think Sanctuary came first and then Reese came afterwards. And I think Divine would have been probably the third very large web series to come out of Vancouver. But since then, it's it's honestly exploded. Uh, Vancouver Web Fest, which did its inaugural year last year, uh, talking with their executive director, uh, Suzette Lacroix. I don't know how many submissions she had just locally, but I know it was it was a phenomenal turnout for her. And I think every every web series creator in Vancouver uh, came to play ball. You know, either submitted or you know, hopefully got an official selection. But um, it's definitely a, a an expanding market, I would say, both you know Toronto and Vancouver, and you know it's it's great. I think Montreal Web Fest actually is opening its doors this year as well with some talented filmmakers there. We met them in Toronto, um, so yeah, I think Canada generally is is definitely uh, an up and coming country for um, for web series and online production. Well, now I know that we've talked about Vancouver and Toronto and Montreal, obviously come to mind when we're thinking about independent mm-hmm. film and web series but mm-hmm. what about in some of the other areas is there really do you know of any other uh, filmmaking and web series that are coming out of different provinces or other I mean is there like a big I mean made in Alberta or Saskatchewan is there like a, yeah, a Winnipeg like, contingent or there is actually yeah I remember I can't remember what the show was called but I saw a project out of Winnipeg at uh, Vancouver Web Fest uh, one hit die, which is a it's a sort of a gamer style um, kind of Dungeons and Dragon concept, if you will, uh, out of Alberta. Uh, very talented young filmmaker and and did an amazing job with his web series. And I I'm pretty sure there's probably a bunch coming out of the Atlantic provinces as well. Like I I, I really think that um, for filmmakers that are sort of paying attention to the market a little bit. Um, the short films, uh, a lot of you know individual novice filmmakers that are you know just easing into the market a little bit with their first productions. I think a lot of them are choosing actually to do web series as opposed to short films now, and um, I'm a big fan of that. And uh, yeah, all those all those new up and coming filmmakers that are listening, please send your stuff to us. <laughs> That's great. Well, I know we've talked about on our show in the past with um, American you know, web series creators that mm-hmm. now with digital, you know, things are opened up. So now, you know, you have Aiden five in Ohio, mm-hmm. we have Indiana and Maine and, you know, you don't have to be in New York or LA or, you know, Miami to, to, to make film anymore in the States. So I was kind of hoping the same thing was true yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. north of the border as well. Yeah. yeah. And I'm surprised I'm, I'm judging Miami web, one of the judges in Miami web fest and oh great. Like tons of Italian web series that I didn't know yeah. about. <laughs> There's like, some like just absolutely phenomenal. Like I we're on a um, uh, a site called Merging Media. That's a uh, a big uh, convention in town um, that's focusing on online content. And yeah, there's some amazing series I've seen sort of out of France. Um, you know, Italy, like I, I think it's in the, the market's actually exploding sort of There's all over the world. from Italy on this, yeah. Oh, it's just amazing. And I think just with the, you know, the ability for filmmakers to, you know, be able to shoot high-end content now on digital cameras and to have, you know, smaller sound teams out, it, it just makes it more of a viable medium uh, for everybody to play in now. And, um, it, you know, which... You know, on the sales and distribution side, makes it a little more challenging because there's so much product coming out to sort of differentiate yourself. But it, it's it's just like I'm a big fan of the market fracturing, so that it's not you know four big companies that everybody's pitching their projects to, and and really there's an advantage for the filmmakers that are already established and have those networking relationships. So I'm quite excited. It's a little bit still like the wild wild west out there, but. Um, 
I don't know. I think it's a really, really fascinating and interesting time to be involved in, in entertainment and especially in the online market. I think it's going to be, um, it's quite revolutionary what's going on right now. Well, yeah, it's more fun to be a trailblazer and be on the front end of a movement, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like whenever silent films went to uh, talkies. Talk- oh, no, yeah. don't get me started. I still love a good silent <laughs> film. I, I, do, I mean, just being in the theater and you get the music going and, and it was a livelier event back then. I mean, people mm-hmm. were cheering and booing and throwing things and carrying on. It was, it was an event. Absolutely. It would be nice sure. to have that again. <laughs> yeah. No, you can just yell at your monitor at home. It's not really the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you could uh, watch and tweet at the same time. So yeah. Tweet-a-thons. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I haven't quite. No, I don't tweet. <laughs> Julie's not as tech savvy as I am. I'm not. I'm, I'm even a crappy Facebooker. Like I just oh. don't even do it for days or a couple weeks, and then get back on it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> bad on Facebook myself. Actually. I've had too many. Well, I've had too many jobs where I had to be in front of a computer for hours and hours a day. So, yeah. like, my idea of a good time is to sit in front of a computer. Computer in your downtime as well. <laughs> my I, downtime for hours and hours a day. For sure. A lot of your your background experience is working with uh, some very big budgeted projects. Mm-hmm. So I'm uh, curious, what was the biggest challenge you faced moving from uh, a project like that to doing an independent web series? Money. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> always the big one is budget for sure. I, I think we approached it probably a little bit differently than um, potentially than some maybe some of the other filmmakers did. I mean, our, we were very blessed in that our first project, I mean, we did self-finance, but we, we probably had a much more significant budget, I would say, than, than most people had to play with with their first. And part of that was we were comfortable, I, I think, having the background that we did in, in film and television to know that, um, you know, we were pretty sure we were going to be uh, quite quite happy with uh, the end the end project, if you will. But I, I budget's definitely a big one, and I, I and I would say, and it, it has been changing over the last few years. But when we um, basically when we went out and and we did have a budget, and we uh, were able to pay cast um, through you know we signed with the union here, UBCP, the Actors Union. Uh, we paid cast the same day rates that they would work on for episodic television. And it was a very interesting process for us, me uh, phoning agents. And it's, you know, kind of what I did in my day job quite a bit. So it's it's something I'm very familiar with and had a lot of contact already with individuals within the Vancouver community. But convincing the agents to allow their clients to come out and be paid to do a web series was was kind of a very interesting challenge for me. Um, and some of them, you know, some were great and others were a little more challenging to deal with. And we were just saying, well, your client will be paid for this. So uh, <laughs> if you would like them to come out, that would be great. And if not, we'll we'll move on to our, you know, our second choice kind of thing and have a conversation there. But it, it's something that's that's changed quite dramatically. And it's been very interesting to watch over the last four years. Casting was a, was a huge challenge for us, I think, on the first project, just um, convincing agents to allow their clients to come out because uh, they didn't really, you know, I probably had about 40 phone calls just explaining to agents in Vancouver what a web series was yeah. back in the day. Yeah, That's, we had to expl- it's We yeah. actually would explain when we first got into it. Mm-hmm. We'd say, okay, it's a TV show. It's like a TV show, <laughs> but you watch it on your computer. Yeah, you know, and, they, and like you just have to say it in such right? basic. It's a show, like yeah. on TV, but you're gonna watch it on your computer and just break it down as you know. Oh, you feel was, silly it doing it. It was the same. Yeah, it was just crazy. <laughs> but and and I would say honestly, it's been it's been quite fascinating over the past few years just watching the difference. And now actually, we've got you know we've been very blessed. We've done very very well on the festival circuit. We've won three Leos here locally, uh, which is, you know, the big awards for Western Canada for recognition for um, local filmmakers here in the community. So we, we do have a lot of what I'd call street credit now in Vancouver. Um, so it's interesting now when we put out casting notifications, the response is substantially different than when we first rolled the vinyl. That's for <laughs> that's sure. <good. laughs> yeah, so... 
Yeah, I, I would say budget certainly is a challenge. Um, casting was was something that we looked at that was that was quite challenging initially. That's been changing quite dramatically. And you know, I, I, I would say one of the things for us that we have done um, very well and it's worked to our favor is we treat our cast, we treat our crew, we treat everybody involved. You know, whether it be a production that we're helping out on with the other filmmakers or the original content. You know that the partners and the executives are shooting themselves. We treat everybody very, very well. Um, we don't, you know, have screaming producers on set. Yeah. We don't do any of that kind of stuff, and we're very respectful of, of everybody involved in the production, from the PA who's doing their first day to, you know, what I mean, the camera op that's that's been working in the business for twenty years. Right? Yeah. Everybody gets treated well, and um, yeah, we had sort of. Say minus ten, minus fifteen degree weather when we shot Divine, and we uh, we didn't lose a single single member of the team. <laughs> we yeah. had experience with some cold like that once. <laughs> Not fun. I was like, I never want to do that again. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, we had didn't lose a single finger either. Well, we <laughs> we we were getting loopy. the The hypothermia was starting to set in because it was it was twelve below when we got started. It got yeah. up to like nine below. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm amazed that at some point that we had anything usable because you just... Oh, you're just so cold. Like. You're so cold and, like, you're trying to walk and you can't pick your fist. So you stumble like it. you're yeah. drunk and then and then you don't realize it's affecting your, your ability to think mm-hmm. until after you warm up and you're like, I don't remember some of what <laughs> we did. Where did my pants go? <laughs> Yeah, oh. I'm like, I don't remember that. You oh, know? <laughs> That's not sure. a good sign. I kept wondering yeah. if our cameras would die. Yeah, I don't know how how cold. Well, then we get. almost lost somebody through heat because we were filming inside a van. It was 120 Fahrenheit uh, oh, inside wow. the van yeah, that we were in. Yeah, yeah different. Right. Yeah, that it was something different. And we were inside, you know, but even outside it was about 100, close to 110 heat index, and and we caught one kid. He just about went down. <laughs> Oh, almost had uh, heat stroke, yeah. Yeah, well, it was just yeah. like a heat illness. It wasn't, but we well, got his him character in. had a heavy coat on, and we're like, you don't have to wear we're the like, coat. No, for this. just don't wear. The, he just tried to wear a wool coat, and it was over 100 oh, degrees. Man, but he wanted wow. to. He was like, my character would wear my this coat. My character would wear this coat, <laughs> and then he started to go down, and I shoved a chair right under him as he. Oh, and man. so I grabbed him, and I said, well, we've got a cargo and some air conditioning. You need to get in there. And yeah. then I noticed everyone looked at me and they said, are you okay? I said, yeah, actually, it's kind of weird. I'm actually a little chilly. And I had goosebumps and I started shivering. And it's 110. Yeah. And I went, okay, change of plans. We're both going in the air conditioning because <laughs> we're both going to collapse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, all right. So before we go, uh, hmm. you're probably, hopefully, will be getting or, ha- or have been getting a bunch of different submissions and web series. Kind of curious if you have a tip for web series creators when they create their web series or develop it, whatever stage. Any words of wisdom or some helpful yeah, I mean, like, tips. Yeah. Um, well, I would say, and, and we sort of mention this when we do panels at festivals and stuff like that, and some of it seems, you know, uh, very straightforward, but. You know, I would say shoot to, shoot to your budget. You know, the market is expanding and the competition is getting a lot, a lot more fierce. So if you have a, you know, a large sci-fi epic, I would say, and you've got $2,000, maybe not the best style of production. You know, if you're trying to build a full spaceship or something like this and you don't have, you know, a strong VisFX background or stuff like that, it, it, you know, and also what is the goal for your series? If, is you know, is your goal as a filmmaker just to go out and do your first project, to get some eyeballs on it and to learn? That's an entirely different process, I think, than um, going out and putting a mortgage on your house and, you know, trying to make this be your living. Then, you know, really think about the end goal of your project. And, um, you know, if you've got two or three thousand dollars, then, you know, maybe a drama is a good way to go. Maybe a, a comedy, you know. To pick a project in a style that um, you can actually shoot, I would say, with the, the money and the crew and the talent that you have available. Um, I would say a lot of uh, filmmakers, especially first-time filmmakers, 
really concentrate on your script. I think one of the biggest things we see over and over again is, is and, I, and I totally understand and, and have made the same mistakes myself in my career where you're so excited as a filmmaker to go out and actually just be casting and shooting your project. Really don't do that until your script is as solid as it possibly can be. And, and I would say don't be shy about having people read it and um, you know getting it workshopped and stuff like this until you have the best project you possibly can on paper, uh, and then take it out and, and, you know, try to get as many experienced hands as you, as you have, or, or can, can muster involved in your production. Um, yeah, a couple of quick suggestions anyway. That's great. Hmm. So before we go, mm-hmm. uh, can you tell everyone where they can find Frostbite Pictures or any other projects online? Absolutely. Our uh, our main website, frostbitepictures.com, we have all our trailers up. It's actually just going through a bit of a rebuild now as we've uh, acquired a couple more series, some of which we've mentioned here. Uh, so we have the lovely Cheekdow, who's one of our associate producers. He's actually working his tail off getting the, uh, the redesign of the website um, developed. And actually, we're in talks with uh, a number of different distributors. And uh, you'll start to see a lot of the Frostbite series roll out on a bunch of different distribution platforms as well. Well, thanks so much for having me on, guys. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Hey everybody, this is Jordan Gibson. I play Dark Star on Super Knocked Up, the web series, and you're listening to Genre Tainment. <laughs> well, thanks to Jason for speaking with us. We really hope you enjoy the interview. Be sure to check out their excellent web series, like Divine and After. Uh, also, the fun, very fun talk show hosted by Jeff Burns called Super Geeked Up. And before we go, we want to remind you that you can keep track of us on our Genre Tainment Facebook page. Also, my Twitter account which is at Mr. Marks, it's M-R-M-A-R-X. Not only do I talk about genretainment and point out new episodes that we have, but I also talk about just entertainment news in general, especially web series, also about about writing, and I also do a crowdfunding pick of the day on most days <laughs> when I can. I try to find really uh, interesting crowdfunding campaigns that that may be slipping by your radar, maybe not, usually films and web series and every once in a while I break from that if I see something really good that's a comic book or or a, a game or something that, that I think people might find interesting or I find very interesting so um, definitely check that out and then of course you can also go to our website genretainment.com to find us in our archives or you can find all of the shows on sci-fi pulse radio by going to sci-fi pulse radio.com so, that's it for today's Genretainment. We'll be back soon with all new guests from our favorite films, TV shows, novels, and web series. Genretainment is a production of Alien Jungle Bug Productions. Until next time. Bad monkey.